0: Here's a story for you.
1: To learn new languages? Less than that for the past three years. At a young age, I've experienced a whole lot.
0: And a lot of stuff happening here.
2: Traveling back and forth.
0: Have you ever thought about the words you use?
2: كيف الحال? Вам здесь нравится? об
1: Aqui está a nossa casa.
2: Tam
0: Minä ymmärrän niitä hyvin. Have you ever pondered on the words other languages use? And have you ever wondered to yourself, how are these sounds made? I'm Maxwell Hope and my goal is to try to answer this question. Alright, so Average Joe, today we're going to be talking about stops. And stops are also called plosives. So Average Joe, do you know what a stop is?
1: I don't know what a stop is, but I have heard of plosives, because in podcasting, plosives are bad because a puff of air leaves your mouth and hits the microphone.
0: I didn't know that was bad for podcasting, so I'm learning a little bit, and it seems like you know more about phonetics than you might think. So a stop is made with a complete closure of the mouth and then a release, so you're stopping the air. And then it's also referred to as a plosive, again, because of that kind of release that occurs. And so in English, we have various different stops. We have puh and buh, tuh and duh, kuh and guh. And we also have a glottal stop, like what you hear in uh uh-oh. And so that's not very common, as common as the other ones, but we do get it occasionally in English. And there are different ways that we can categorize or think about stops. And one of them is to think about aspiration.
1: What is aspiration?
0: Aspiration is sort of like the strong burst that accompanies some stops, so it has this extra amount of air that gets released, and I think that's what you're talking about when you were talking about plosives. In English, the stops that are aspirated are typically p, t, and k, and these are normally only aspirated at the beginnings of uh, words, such as in pat, tat, and cat. So those initial p, t, and k, um, and the t, the T at the end actually is generally unaspirated in English, so we don't get the same amount of release there, the same amount of strong burst at the end of pat.
1: Alright, so if I say something along the lines of tit for tat, I can kind of see there's like an extra umph under the uh, first T.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And not so much on the second T.
0: Not so much on the second T, exactly. And then, so, there are putt and co, which are aspirated, and then there's unaspirated stops in English, and those are typically ba, duh, and guh, like in bot, dot, and got.
1: Okay, so if I were to say pot, that would be aspirated, I can feel that sort of oomph you behind. Can feel it, yeah. And then if I say bot, there's not that sort of oomph that comes from your mouth.
0: Exactly, there's not that sort of oomph. So... You know, if the listeners want to just try that out real quick, you can kind of say pot, and you can kind of feel and hear that extra oomph at the beginning versus bot, so we don't get that same same difference.
1: And if our listeners want to sort of really see it, if you put your hand in front of your mouth and say pot, you can feel the puff of air. But if you say bot, you don't feel that puff of air.
0: Yeah, you might get a little bit as you're starting to produce uh, other sounds, but in general, it's going to be much less. And so... We talked about aspiration as one way to categorize stops, but there's also another way to categorize stops, and that's by voicing.
1: But aren't all words voiced?
0: Yeah, I I mean, that's what you would think, right? Of course they're voiced, because we have a voice and we're making sounds. But voicing here actually refers to the vocal fold configuration. So vocal folds are vocal cords. Okay. And that's also called the glottis. And when the vocal cords are very close, so they're adducted, they get very close together and they can vibrate. So as right. the air comes out, they can start to vibrate. And so voicing is going to be like a function of stops and also other sounds. So like vowels are typically voiced uh, because they're going to have that continuous vibration of the vocal cords. And the stops that are voiced in English are going to overlap with those ones that we saw that were unaspirated. So they're buh, duh, and guh. And in terms of voiceless, so meaning that the the vocal folds are not vibrating. Now we have the vocal folds are going to be abducted, so they're more open, and that means that they're not close enough together to vibrate. So those sounds would be like ta, and ka.
1: So just so I understand you, when the vocal cords are closer together, when the air is leaving your mouth, that air causes the vocal cords to vibrate? Exactly. And then when the vocal cords are are separated, which would be unvoiced or voiceless. Voiceless, exactly. Voiceless because they're not so close together. The air doesn't cause to vibrate as it leaves your mouth.
0: Right, exactly. Oh. And you can see like why that configuration with pa ta, and ka being voiceless would also lend itself more to aspiration, right? Mm-hmm. So as we see, like pa ta, and ka are aspirated in some places in English, and I think that's because you can sort of see, oh well, if air is passing through more it can build up more in your mouth. Yeah. And so you can get that extra oomph. So one interesting thing to look at in terms of stops is what phoneticians call VOT. What's VOT? VOT is voice onset time. And this is the time that it takes from the release of the stop to the start of voicing, normally to the following sound. And in English, voice stops have a very small negative to negligible VOT. While voiceless stops typically have a more positive VOT, and with voiceless aspirated stops, which occur at the beginning of words as we had covered, have a considerably large positive VOT. And so before, like when you say pat, it takes kind of a longer time from the release of the "p" to the start of voicing of the at in pat. All right. So we're going to have a larger VOT, whereas in bat, we actually get this kind of short negative to almost negligible VOT there because the voicing kind of starts right away with the release of the buh right into the vowel.
1: Okay, so basically voice onset time is sort of how how quickly you get to the next sound?
0: Right, except when we look at... It's sort of how quickly you get to the next sound if you think about voiceless stops in English, especially the aspirated stops, because it, it takes that amount of time from the release. But actually, when we look at languages like Spanish... We're actually gonna see like a considerably large negative vot for voiced sounds because you know it, the voicing has actually already started before the release of the stop. So like in bat, they would actually be vibrating their vocal folds before the actual release. So we actually have to count backwards.
1: So in in languages where there is a ne- a large negative vot, they're going. Mm.
0: Yeah, you're kind of struggling with it. Yeah, so Average Joe is trying to produce this voicing before uh, he releases his stop, and you, and actually he's finding it is quite difficult.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird sensation.
0: Right. So you can go ahead and try to uh, you know listeners, if you want to try to vibrate your vocal folds before releasing your stop, you can go ahead and give that a try. But actually, it's quite difficult for Engli- or English English uh, speakers, English monolinguals. But Similarly, in Spanish, you know, voiceless stops are typically produced with a small VOT. So aspirated voiceless sounds in English, which are produced with a very large positive VOT, actually can be quite difficult for Spanish speakers to produce. Okay. So because it has a very large positive VOT, but their voiceless sounds have a smaller VOT. So it takes less time for them to get from the p and pats to the vowel, whereas for us, it takes a longer time. And for them to get that aspiration is quite difficult.
1: All right. So it would be something like pat?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was... It was a good attempt. Okay. Yep. And so uh, it's just a very small...
1: It sounds weird when I try to, to shorten that sound. Right. In
0: fact, it almost sounds like bat for us because that small, n- almost negligible VOT for us is associated with voiced sounds. Whereas for Spanish speakers, it's associated with voiceless sounds. So it actually, for us, the puh would sound more like a buh. And in addition to voicing, we can categorize stops in terms of place of articulation. So first, there are bilabial stops. And can All right. you, you want to take a guess about like where bilabial stops are produced?
1: Well, because I have taken one linguistics class, I do know about bilabial because that means your two lips.
0: Yes, both lips. So these are stops that are produced with both the lips. That means the complete closure is made at the lips. And so these would be p and b, as in pat and bat. Going Moving backwards, we have alveolar stops. And so alveolar stops are made with a complete closure at the alveolar ridge. So if you go ahead and just feel like at the top of your mouth, like right behind your teeth, you can kind of feel this ridge. Yeah. You're feeling that a little bit?
1: It's a place where I burn my mouth when I eat hot pizza.
0: Okay. Don't burn your mouth on hot pizza, listeners. But this is the alveolar ridge. Okay. And so we get tu and duh there. And then you can sort of, you know, feel it. In your mouth, if listeners want to try the T and the duh, Something like talk and dock. Talk and dock, yep, exactly. And then finally, for English, we have the velar stops. And so the velum is going to be the soft palate. And this is what, like, right behind your the roof of your mouth. So you can go ahead and kind of bring your tongue back along the back of your mouth. At the very back of your hard palate, there's going to be this soft area. And that's called the velum. And there's actually complete closures that are made at that area. And those would be the voiceless k and the voiced g. So in cot and got. Now these are mainly covering the stops that English uses. But there are stops that are used in other languages such as retroflex stops. Okay. And retroflex stops are made with the tongue curled back. And they're usually making that closure at the alveolar ridge or hard palate. So now instead of having that like tongue forward position. Now you're curling your tongue backwards when you make a retroflex stop.
1: (laughs) That is really weird.
0: It's really weird.
1: I'm not even trying to produce a sound and it feels kind of weird.
0: Yeah, and for other languages, these are very typical stops. We also have palatal stops and these are stops with a complete closure at the hard palate. And we have uvular stops. And so you can think about the uvula, which is that dangly bit in the back of your throat. So there are actually stops that can be made with the uvula.
1: Oh, that dangly bit! Whenever like the camera pulls in on like an opera singer's face as it goes to their uvula.
0: Yeah, the dangly bit. And then you have also you have pharyngeal stops, and these are stops made at kind of like the very back of the throat. So this is actually in your pharynx. The stops are made.
1: <laughs> <I> can't even. <laughs> It just sounds like I'm about to produce... It feels like I'm about to produce a cough. Like a cough, exactly.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so, and these are stops that are, you know, used in other languages. And so far, like, those are just stops that are produced with the pulmonic aggressive airstream mechanism, which means that air is going from your lungs out of your mouth to produce the sounds. But there are actually other types of... (laughs) Yeah.
1: Whenever you're speaking, you're always... Air is always coming from your lungs out into your mouth.
0: That's what you would think. You would think that's very intuitive, and probably for English speakers and especially English monolinguals, you think, "Oh, of course, that's the only airstream mechanism." But actually, no. There are plenty of sounds that are made with other airstream mechanisms. So ones that are even made with pulmonic ingressive means meaning the air is actually coming into your lungs as you're making the sound.
1: I'm I'm trying to imagine. Can you give me an example?
0: I really can't give you a very good example of this. I'm not very good at creating these sounds, but we're going to actually talk about other types of uh, airstream mechanisms and the sounds associated with them in another episode. Okay. So let's give you a little bit of a pop quiz. Okay. And we're going to be, I'm going to be playing a recording of an interview that I did with my colleague Shri, and she's going to be talking about Bengali stops. So just as a recap for our listeners, you know, could you explain what like a voice, a voiced or a voiceless aspirated or unaspirated stop would be?
1: Okay, so a voiced stop means that your vocal folds or vocal cords are closer together, which allows the air which is passing through your throat, which apparently can happen both ways... (laughs) to vibrate your vocal cords. So if something is voiced, that means the vocal cords are closer together. And if something is voiceless, uh, your vocal cords are further apart, which means they don't vibrate when the air passes through them. Then aspiration is sort of an extra little oomph oomph. that you get when you say, uh, like, pat and you can sort of feel it. And unaspirated means that you're not getting that sort of extra little oomph in your in your sound.
0: Right. Yeah, that's great. So that was a great recap. And now I'm going to just kind of set up this interview for Sri. So Shree is my colleague. She is a native speaker of Bengali. And she also does a lot of research on Bengali stops. So we've just recapped about the voicing and aspiration Um, And before I get to just like why I find Bengali stops very interesting, I'll just tell you a little bit about Bengali. So it's also known as Bangla and it is primarily spoken by the Bengalis in South Asia. It is the official and most widely spoken language of Bangladesh and the second most widely spoken of the languages of India behind Hindi. And just to give you some numbers around how many speakers of Bengali there are, in Bangladesh alone, there are 159 million total speakers of Bengali. And worldwide, that number actually reaches 265 million speakers. So why are Bengali stops so interesting? I think for me, what interests me is that they represent sort of this paradox in voicing and in aspiration. Because in Bengali, they actually have a four-way stop contrast. So they actually have, in addition, like you know how we have voiced stops and voiceless stops? Yes. They have voiced plain stops, meaning that they're unaspirated. They have uh, voiceless plain stops, so voiceless unaspirated stops. And then they actually have voiceless aspirated stops, and they also have voiced aspirated stops. So now we're simultaneously getting voicing and aspiration.
1: So the so you're get, you're still getting that extra oomph of air, but your vocal cords
0: are closer together. Right, and so they're also vibrating, and so this poses a bit of a paradox for phoneticians.
1: Yeah, that sounds weird.
0: It is, and it's also amazing. So I'm going to now Turn it over to Sri. Turn it over to Shree. Alrighty, so I am here today. I'm recording Shri, who is a PhD student, uh, second year, right? Yes. Second year PhD student at the University of Delaware in the Department of Linguistics and Cognitive Science, and Shri's focus in her research has been primarily on Bengali stops. And so I'm just going to ask Shri to talk a little bit about, like, you know, what are Bengali stops and what makes them so interesting and unique.
2: Okay, um. so stops are basically sounds which are made with a closure in the mouth for a few seconds and then there's a release and then your vowel begins. So some examples of stops uh, that, that we are familiar with are like P, T, D, K. Th- these sounds are all stops because there's a stop and then there's a release. Now, in Bengali, or many other uh, Southeast Asian languages that have uh, descended from Sanskrit have a four-way stop contrast. So, uh, you have sounds like p, which is a voiceless, plain, unaspirated stop. Then you have a which is a voiced, aspir- uh, voiced unaspirated stop. You have a which is a voiceless, unaspirated stop. And then you have a bh, which is a voiced aspirated stop. So as you can see, they, they differ on the basis of aspiration and voicing. So an example of a voiceless uh, unaspirated stop in a word would be pata. Uh, same with a voiced unaspirated stop would be bata. Uh, concentrate on the first sound of these words so pata with p and bata with b and then pata with uh with an aspiration on the p which is uh so again concentrate on the first sound of this word and an example of voiced aspirated sound would be bhata so all these words differ only in one sound in the first uh in the first sound of the word and they have different meanings. So all of them have different meanings. So could you go ahead and
0: explain what the meanings of yeah. The are? Different? Yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, pata with the voiceless, uh, unaspirated plane stop in the beginning means so- something like on the chest. And bata means to grind something. Pata is something that is uh, crushed or uh, broken. And bhata is like low tide. You have high tide, low tide. So they are completely different in meaning. There's no connection between each other. So they're like true minimal pairs.
0: That's awesome, Shree. So I have a question now that yeah. you've like brought up these minimal pairs. So um, in English, we have like pots. So something that you might cook something in is a pot. Yeah. And we also have like a bot, like a robot. Yeah. Now for you, like when I say bot versus pots, are you noticing that they are produced a little bit differently than how these are s- produced
2: in Bengali? Yes, of course. So for bot, th- that sounds pretty much like the one I have for Bengali, uh, the one for bata, the voiced, unaspirated stop. But for pot i hear it as pot because when you write pot there's no aspiration on it so it aligns with my plain voiceless unaspirated stop so i don't notice i notice the aspiration but it doesn't make any difference to me
0: right it's not yeah Yeah. so if i were to produce it with a little bit more aspiration like pot, it wouldn't really yeah yeah yeah. and so that's entirely different from how that aspiration is very distinctive and contrastive in bengali yeah, yeah Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Shree. I really appreciate you coming on to Hooked.
2: This is great.
0: So that was the interview with Shree, and I just want to thank Shree so much for coming on Hooked for this podcast. And I hope that everyone learned a little bit more about stops today. Hooked is produced by Maxwell Hope and Jeffrey Ferris. It is edited by Jeffrey Ferris. The role of Average Joe was voiced by Jeffrey Ferris. The music in this episode was Unwritten Return and Impact Prelude, which were created by Kevin MacLeod and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can find Kevin MacLeod's music at his website, www.incomptech.com. Vocal samples were used from the International Dialects of English Archive and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can find more examples of English dialects at their website, www.dialectsarchive.com. Vocal samples were used from 50Languages.com and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can go to their website and learn another language for free at www.50Languages.com.